Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. Tristan here, along with Jacob. Jacob, you want to tell them what we're getting into in this big week? Yeah, so in the NFL, it's been a big week for quarterback moves. We've seen three major quarterback moves in the last week. One of them includes your very own commanders. The NHL, since we last spoke, the Capitals have won. The Oilers, where we lost in overtime. And going on to the MLB, a new player agreement has just been reached, too, so there will be baseball. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so um, we'll start off league-wide, and then we'll get into the commander's talk with Carson Wentz. But uh, So first one that wasn't really that big of a surprise, but kind of still is a little bit of news, is Aaron Rodgers re-signing with, uh, with the Packers, which, in my opinion, wasn't that big of a surprise, like I said, but it's still something being that he there was potential of him not being there yeah there was a, i thought for a little bit there that he might he may leave so i was saying if uh if tom brady's retirement stuck that he was going to be that he was going to be going to tampa cuz just think he wanted to be with a developed team and what's more developed than tampa right now that needs a quarterback um yeah, fair point. And it looks like Tampa, I'm not sure Tampa's going to really get a major quarterback, though, because I can't see them getting any of the major ones. Well, being that most of them are off the board now. Uh, yeah. And if, the, and if Deshaun Watson's going to go anywhere, it's probably going to be Pittsburgh. Uh, the then. After that, another trade came out, and it was Russell Wilson to the Broncos, which is wow. That I think that's like that is insane. Yeah that that was that was a little surprising to me. Um, a little and, that like my mind is blown. I'm just so I'm shocked by it. Yeah, and I did see that apparently Washington's offer had three first-round picks in it, but Seattle wanted to go to a team that weren't in their um, conference. So, And I uh, think Wilson probably just preferred, preferred them. So the Broncos got Russell Wilson in a fourth-round pick. The Seahawks got Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. That is a hefty price to pay. That is, that's a lot. And especially for how old he is. He's how old? He's in his 30s. And the the Seahawks, on a side note, the Seahawks also released Bobby Wagner. I did see that. And I think that that could be a, it probably won't happen, but that's a pickup I'd like to see Washington make because we need a veteran linebacker and, he'll be a really good mentor for Jamin Davis because I think we're trying to groom him for a similar role. Uh, the, the Russell Wilson's 33. Yeah. So he's, he's got a little bit of age to him, but he's, I mean, that offense, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, 
their their running backs are really good too and melvin gordon and javante williams javante williams looks like he's gonna have a bright future like he was a he doesn't look big but he was a power back last season i i want to say he led the league in bro in yards after contact as a running back i did not know that uh but yeah he's he's got a bright future he is a really good downhill runner but so that offense could be good the only thing that i'm not sure about is the broncos offensive line yeah i think that was a big um kind of question point for them because that could be the difference uh they gave up 20 28 sacks this season which ranked 27th in the league but it allowed only 165 pressures including those sacks, which was ranked 15th. So their offensive line was mediocre. Yeah, at best. Um, They're 19th overall. So, yeah, that's kind of like center of the league area. That's just, yeah, just below average. Wow, three, three, uh, Three NFC East teams in the top six. Dallas is number one, Philadelphia number four, and Washington number six. Yeah, it seems like pretty much every, like if you think about all the NFC East teams, one of their only like strong points is the offensive lines. Except for the Giants. Yeah, the Giants, I don't think their team isn't a strong point. But like just think about how insane that uh AFC West division is going to be oh my you have russell wilson justin Mahomes, justin and Derek carr and Derek Hmm. carr by no stretch of the imagination is he a bad quarterback he's not bad but he looks so out of place in that quarterback and i mean there are there are multiple teams i honestly think he could start over any quarterback in the nfc east and that's like even that's I would put him over Dak Prescott too, because okay, yes, you're, Dak you're Prescott. Insane. This Tristan, is no, no, this is uh, no. Listen, no, 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 this is no, non-biased. No, 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 that is biased. That is no, one because, of the most look, ridiculous takes I have ever heard. That is a the, terrible take. Dude, look what Dak Prescott has around him. It if doesn't you put matter. Derek Carr in that system Derek, doing the exact same thing. Dak Prescott has a strong arm. Derek Carr doesn't. Look at decision making. Dak Prescott, whether you like him or not, he limits his turnovers. I think that Dak Prescott – okay, I will give you this. Dak Prescott is the only quarterback that I would say no to, but I think the argument could be made that he could start over any quarterback in the NFC East. Besides besides Dak Prescott, I would agree with you. I would say an argument could be made for any quarterback. No. Any quarterback. Given Dak Prescott and Derek Carr, Derek Carr would not get any field time. Okay. So, so you're telling me, hold on, you're telling me, you're telling me if you put Derek Carr in that offense with that offensive line and that receiving core, that he's going to be trash. He's not going to be as good exactly. as Dak. Exactly. Thank you. And that is where I leave it. Okay. That dude, you're if you put any quarterback in that system, they can perform well. I think I said he's not going to be as good as Dak. So you would start Dak over him, Tristan? No, I'm saying you replace him. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. You'd never do that, though. Okay, that's why it's a hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetically, Derek Carr isn't in the same league as Dak. I'm not the Cowboys, but 
they're not on the same level. They're not. But again, that's because of what Derek Carr has around him versus what Dak Prescott has around him. You talk about I'm saying, lines. I'm the saying, Raiders look, offensive line is one of the best in the league. And you talk about her PFF. It's very good. And if you talk about the Cowboys, if it's so bad, why has Zeke been struggling? Per why are some of the main guys been injured? Per pro football focus, the Raiders offensive line is number 28. And that is up one from last season. Up one from last season, but it's still this was from years ago. This was was from January 12th, 2022. Yeah. So it's a semi-recent article. I like, yes, he would do okay. Maybe he'll limit his turnovers, but I do not think he would do it. I'm neither as well as Dak. I'm saying one for one, a replacement. So, like, I'm saying if you put Derek Carr in that system, that he could start. Just pulled an Andrew Luck. Huh? If Dak pulled an Andrew Luck, just retired and nowhere in the front. Sure, we'll we'll go with that. But I'm saying he could be he could be better than any quarterback if they were to just replace him in that division. So if you were to take him and put him in Jalen Hurts' spot on the Eagles, he'd be better. If you were to take him and put him in uh, now Carson Wentz's Wentz spot on the Commanders, he would be better. If you were to take him and put him in Danny Jones' spot and replace him, he'd be better. That's what well, I'm, I'm saying. I'm sure so anybody one, would be better than Danny Jones. I'm saying a one-for-one for, one one switch, if you were to put Derek Carr in that situation, I'm saying he could arguably do better than Dak Prescott would. I guarantee you, had De- Derek Carr been in that 14-second situation, he wouldn't have ran 30 yards downfield and slid and then gave the ball to his center. He probably would have given that him the like, That was a terrible play call to begin with. That wasn't just Dak. That's whoever called the play, whoever called that. No, that was that's, terrible. Why are you doing that? Yes, I agree, but still saying. I, Dak, yes, he shows he shows bright spots of being a good quarterback. I don't think he's a top quarterback, top five quarterback in the league. Nor will I ever think he's top top five quarterback. He's close to five, but he's not there. But in the thing you're saying with Derek Carr, I don't think he'd be able to lead some of the drives that Dak did. I don't think they would be in that position. Oh, didn't he do? He did something against the Chargers last season. Uh, Derek Carr playoffs, didn't he? Derek Carr. I know. I know. Well, first off, he led the game-winning drive in overtime. Uh, So there's that. But, Are we talking about Derek Carr? Yes, yes, Derek Carr. Okay. Um, he well, for one, he led the game when he drive in overtime against the Chargers to get him into the playoffs. That's for one. Um, but I'll give you this: like he didn't perform well against the Bengals, but like I'm just saying, if you were to put him in his position, I think he could perform better than any quarterback in the NFC East. There yeah, are out of like, the three, uh, I think I'm not saying totally. right now Derek Carr is better than Dak Prescott because okay, that I, is a stupid take. Yeah, I think that that's was, the way that you were taking it. I am not saying right now Derek Carr is better than Dak okay, Prescott. I thought that you're getting at. I'm like, are you high? Like, are you no, getting, no. that's getting ridiculous? I'm like, saying that if you were to take him, he could start in the NFC East and probably perform better than any quarterback in the NFC East is right now. And Dak Prescott would be the only argument to that, but. It's again, that is just my take on it. This is the hypothetical where basically Dak just pulls an Andrew Luck exactly. and you're exactly. pushing him into that great situation. Okay. So that that is my and so what I'm saying there is the fact that Derek Carr is the worst divi- quarterback in that division by far is astonishing. 
because he could start multiple other places and be successful is where I was trying to lead with that, uh, with that little argument there. Uh, so yeah, that division is going to be insane. And I think you could potentially in the next couple of years have, if Derek Carr stays in Vegas, you could see a full, an entire division make the playoffs with the new seven-team playoff. It's format. very possible. Vegas, they're going to have to get a lot better pieces. They're, they have a wide receiver to replace. Um, their defense is – yeah, their defense. Yeah, I kind of – I totally – I actually – that kind of went right over my head, the fact that Henry Ruggs isn't there anymore. But Brian Edwards and looks good, and Zay Jones is kind of reviving his career there. Uh, yeah, I just think they need to get a few good draft picks and then they could possibly make it. So, yeah, that's I'm I'm decent. I'm I think that'll be a good a good division to come. And I mean, the AFC quarterbacks are absurd. Um, so that's that was the trade with Russell Wilson. And then the other trade, the one that we are. The, here to talk about for the most part was former Eagle Carson Wentz going to Washington. So give me your take on your, on this trade, bud. I mean, the trade in itself, it honestly wasn't bad. I'm going to pull it up, but it's not a terrible trade. Um, my only like concern is that Carson Wentz has had troubles with his in- injuries as we've obviously known. But last season, he didn't actually play that bad. I agree. I think his I think his play last season was overshadowed by that final two games where he and, completely forgot how to play football. Yeah, and but that that let's be honest, that could happen to anyone. We've seen good players, decent players have stretches like that where it seems like they've completely forgotten how to play everything that that they learned. But Last season, he had 3,500 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now, the Colts' third defense isn't that great. It's not bad by any stretch, but it's nothing to write home about. If if Washington's defense performs as it should and as I think it could, I think, like, this is if we can add to offensive team. line. Yeah, it's actually a decent team, and he just needs to limit his turnovers Antonio Gibson needs to become a better runner. We need to get maybe another wide receiver so it's easier to get the ball to, towards playmakers. This could easily be a 10-win team. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. We could easily get into a wild card or if even win the division, considering how sketchy our division is and how injury-prone our division seems to be. So I think it's a good move. The only problems i really have is his money but i think we'll be able to clear that up soon so that it's if you think about it it's kind of crazy because uh last year around this time it was just me actually uh but we were talking i was talking about how carson wins was getting traded to the colts yeah so this who and knows so, and if you're looking at carson Wentz stat line he he has a knack for throwing seven interceptions he's thrown seven <laughs> in four seasons 17 18 19 and 2021 20, and that's 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 pretty good he has pretty good touchdown to interception ratios besides the horrible year in 2020 where your team just sucked all around and it 
yeah was kind of blamed on Carson and, and 2016 was his rookie season where in his first in his rookie season he didn't throw an interception until I want to say it was the fourth game of the season and if they started out three and oh and he didn't have a single interception yet and if you look at his completion percentage it's around 60 percent which is good his QBR last year was 54.7 I'm gonna look up Taylor Heineke's but I believe that's better uh, and it's it's high 60s for the most. I'd say his average is around 65% completion. Yeah. I always forget how to spell Taylor Heineke's last name. And um, Oh, here. And I also have the – I have the trade that I can bring up. Heineke's QBR was 39.9, so significantly better for Carson Wentz. This says the Colts get a 2022 third round pick, a 2023 third round pick that can become a second if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps and a 2022 second round pick. Commanders get Carson Wentz and a 2022 second round pick. So they basically swap seconds, Carson Wentz, and then a couple picks. Yeah, so it's not a bad trade. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it could turn out to be a decent move. That's if we get the pieces surrounding him right. That And that's a big issue because, I mean, obviously injuries have been a factor. And since everyone's been trying to find that 27 Carson, Carson Wentz, 2017 Carson Wentz form since he got injured because that was his MVP season. He passed for, I want to say he had the third most touchdowns in the league and played three less games. And he was only, he was only short of first place by about two touchdowns. I believe it was Russell Wilson and then Carson, or, and then Tom Brady and then Carson. And if he didn't get hurt, um, he was in serious talks for getting the MVP. Like yeah. that isn't something we're just saying. I think he was genuinely the favorite going into going into the final few games of the season before he got hurt. So, I mean, would they have won the Super Bowl? I don't know. That's impossible to predict, but he was having an amazing season then. So we've seen what he can do with a good surrounding cast. The Colts, they have Jonathan Taylor. They have good, some good pieces here and there. But as an overall team, I still think that we're a better team. If you look at our depth chart, there's very few positions that were worse off off than when compared to the Colts. So, yeah, I think I think this could work out. That's if he stays healthy. Uh, I saw something earlier saying Washington, in order to clear out cap space, might release Landon Collins. We already have. Oh, I thought I just saw something that saying that they might. He he was he was released recently. Oh, well. Uh, and then I also just one of the other big stories was Calvin Ridley getting suspended for at least the 2022 full season. I did see that he was doing it. Pete Rose. He was betting on his own games. Well, okay. But was he betting on his team? That's where. He might have been there. I didn't see the specifics on what he was betting on, but I know he was betting and that's what got him suspended. But I mean, Pete Rose was betting on his own team. That's uh, to, for them to win. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it, I I struggle with that because he really should be in the baseball hall of fame. It's not like he was betting on them to lose. He was betting on them to win. Yeah. But, and 
like the hits leader and the home runs leader aren't in the hall of fame. That's a whole nother thing that we've gotten into, but a year that may be a little, I don't know. Uh, and that, that broke down a big trade. Cause Calvin Ridley could have potentially been an Eagle. Really? I, I saw there's a report from NBCS Philly saying that the Eagles were close to having a trade package set up to send for Calvin Ridley. Well, I'm pretty sure you can get him a lot cheaper now. Uh, well, it's uh, this, but before those talks had to be halted for obvious reasons. Um, but it says they were one of the teams that were actually close to a deal with Atlanta for Calvin Ridley until Calvin uh, till Atlanta backed out at the last second. And Man, they couldn't tell him that. But Atlanta saved you guys because if you traded for him, then it turns out he's going to get suspended for a year. Well, there was what was what was the trade? Uh, there was a trade recently where they traded. Oh, it was the it was a Saints and Eagles trade where they traded um, the what's his I can't think of his name right now. He. He went to the Saints. He was the Eagles long snapper and they traded him to the Saints and the Saints gave us a pick. But then when he went over, he had like he had some sort of heart condition or something that they found out. So he couldn't play. So they ended up sending the Saints uh, pick back to the Saints because it, it didn't end up working out or something like that. I've never I've never heard of that. It was I can't think of his name right now. He he's a magician too, and he's been on like America's Got Talent and stuff. He's a magician. I, <laughs> You're yeah, I, a I'm magician. trying to think. I'm trying to think of what his name was. Um, it was. Oh, here it is, John Dornboss. No clue who that is. Uh, yeah, but he was he was a long snapper for the Eagles, but he's also been on like America's Got Talent and stuff doing magic. And Ellen, he was on Ellen. So, but yeah, it was, I wonder Not if that would have been the case where like, they would have been like, oh yeah, Calvin really just got suspended and they would have sent the picks back. So maybe that could have happened, but obviously we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, that was another big talk. Back to the Carson Wentz thing, just for a sec. I think that's, I think it's a decent trade. Uh, yeah. Obviously now when he got traded to the Colts, I wanted him to succeed. Because I think overall, I think the Eagles organization is what screwed over Carson Wentz, not Carson Wentz himself. But obviously now with him being in the NFC East, I hope he fails miserably. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope he does nothing but lose. But overall, based on what I've seen and everything, he's a good quarterback. He's got talent. It's just a matter of whether he could stay healthy or not. Washington has potential with him behind the, with him behind center, but it's it's a matter of his injuries. Yeah, and this this definitely makes things interesting in the draft because what I think will happen versus what I want to happen is very different. What I think will happen is we'll draft Malik Willis at number 11 because it seems like Ron Rivera really, really likes him and we would have a young quarterback to learn under an experienced one, give him some time, but 
what I want to happen is us either draft somebody on the offensive line or draft a wide a good wide receiver if he's there because there's some good ones in the draft, some really fast ones. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're ultimately going to draft a quarterback. So in the second round, I think we should try and in go the second round isn't bad line or wide receiver line or well, wide receiver. So what I think should be done here is they drafted like a Carson strong or a Malik Willis. And no, no quarterback in the draft this season is a first round talent. No quarterback can no. come out of this draft and start immediately. Are they going to try to do that because it's the NFL and it's a business and that's what they need to do. Yes, yeah. It's but a quarterback. They're not going to be successful. There is no, the closest to it is probably Kenny Pickett and he still isn't. So if you can get Malik Willis at a second round pick, That'd be that, that would be, be all that'd be the ultimate goal. That yeah, would that would be I'd the be best spot. Happy but with that. He's I want to say he's probably the number two quarterback in the in the draft right now. So odds maybe. of you getting him are very slim. And there's the people round. like Seattle who may be looking for a quarterback. Exactly. There's other teams in the league that are probably going to try and stretch because they have that need. And I think they've seen what Washington has done. We haven't had a franchise quarterback for like five or so years, and they've seen how detrimental it can be to your team. So I, I think he probably won't be there, but yeah, it should be interesting to see what we ultimately do in the draft. I think so, we'll just have to play it by year. You got Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, but he's coming off an injury. Desmond Ritter out of Cincy, and then Sam Howell out of UNC. Uh, so it's like I said, you don't have you got a prospect out of Liberty, Cincinnati, Ole Miss, Pitt, uh, and UNC. Yeah, those so, aren't exactly pro football player factories. Yeah, but it's it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting quarterback quarterback class just to see what they do in the future uh i think that's with all these quarterbacks gone the hottest one left is probably deshaun watson yeah and it seems like teams aren't gonna trade for him until the legal stuff blows over but if it does blow over i'd like to see him go to pittsburgh this if they so the Eagles are saying they're sticking to their guns and keeping Jalen Hurts as a starter, but you can't trust what uh, Howie Roseman says. And I think if Deshaun Watson does make himself available, then the Eagles are going to try to trade for him, which I think they also have the best available options to do so with three first round picks. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like it wouldn't trade all three of them from this season. No. And it, all comes down to Deshaun Watson because he has to personally waive the no trade clause. And this may be a situation like Russell Wilson where the Eagles package may be better, but a place like Pittsburgh is a lot more attractive place to go. So it, that should be interesting. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm saying is like, that's the only, if the Eagles were to go off of there, I don't want them to draft one. The only way I would see them and be happy if they were to try to get another quarterback would be if they were to get Deshaun Watson with all the legal stuff cleared up. And that is with Jalen Hurts being packaged in the trade to go to uh, go to Houston. 
because you can't keep Jalen Hurts here and have Deshaun Watson because that is how you go back to this Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and Nick Foles, Carson Wentz hiccups that you had. So Jalen Hurts needs to be involved in the trade if you do try to trade for him. And one thing on Washington real quick, there's um, one position we also need to look to draft or get. It's tight end. We do have Logan Thomas and John Bates, but we need another tight end. That's another position that desperately needs to be filled. But that is the. Did you see real quick just on a couple of the prospects? Did you see? I want to say his name was Jordan Davis out of uh, Georgia. He's like 6'6 six, six and 350 pounds. Yeah, didn't he run he like 4'8 on the 40? That, that is ridiculous. Dude, a man that should not be I able to. Think I can run a, run a sub five, and I am. 5, 10, 165 pounds. I could maybe get close to an under sub five, but that is ridiculous. That's yeah, some 300 pounds that, that should not be possible. If, if you're a quarterback and you see a 6'6", 350 pound man running at you at 4'8 speed, you're I am looking it. Yeah, you're going to crap your pants. That is, <laughs> that, that's a scary set. That is absurd. Like, I want to see. I don't think there were any other, like, big. There were a couple fast receivers in this, uh, in this class. Dude, it's, it's crazy because the players are getting fast. The Ohio State receivers, um, Olave oh and those guys are ridiculous. Yeah. They both ran sub four fours. Uh, there was one guy, I forget who it was, who ran, who almost had the NFL record. It was a four two one unofficial. But when they went, the record is 4-2-2 by John Ross. Uh, and then he had a 4-2-1 unofficial. But then when they got the official time, it was a 4-2-7, which is still fast, but not the NFL record. Uh, and did you see Did you see the report of what Nick Sirianni was doing with the, with the draft prospects in the interview? What was he doing? So – he'd go into the interview and he had a mini hoop up and he'd have them shoot like five shots into the mini hoop. And there was a uh, Drake London supposedly sunk all five. And he's like, now I like, I like the way he plays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick Sirianni. One thing I got to say about Nick Sirianni is everyone's questioning him because like the way he was like playing rock, paper, scissors or whatever with people and like how he was like, how he's having them shoot into a mini hoop. I think he likes to have fun with the players, which I think is a good environment to have in, in the team. So, I mean, everyone's uh, hating on the way he coaches, but I think he's, he looks like he might have a recipe for success because he likes to have fun. So, and I mean, he was expected to get four wins maybe this past season and ended up, ended up in the playoffs. So he's doing something right in my eyes. Yeah. And, um, before we move on to the NHL, it's been recently revealed that Deion Sanders um, has, due to surgery compilations, I believe he's had to have a few toes amputated. So, yeah, it, what? yeah, Deion Sanders. Um, if you look it up, apparently he had compilations with some surgery. He's had to have a few toes amputated. So, us at Brotherly Love in the District are wishing wishing him a speedy recovery. Fun player to watch. Great. And a really funny TV guy. What? Yeah, he lost two toes. He almost had to have his foot amputated. 
Oh my, what in the world? Mm-hmm. He had blood clots. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Uh, he had his leg filleted open mm-hmm. and drained in order to avoid full amputation from the knee down. <coughs> wow. That is... It says it was last fall, though. Yeah, but he recently revealed it. That is... Wow. That's the first time I ever heard about that. I didn't see that. It's not on Instagram, and I did not think it was real, but yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go over to the NHL, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I heard you saying you were mentioning something about the Capitals earlier. So yeah, just- since we last recorded and I said that they were in a really bad stretch that they wouldn't get out of, um, we're three and four since I said that. Um, we blanked the Hurricanes 4 nothing, beat the Kraken 5-2, to two, beat the Flames, who are a good team, 5-4. to four. We lost the Oilers 3-4 to four in overtime, but we tied it up with a last-minute goal. I, I suck at predicting. Our offense is playing great. Ovi has had a decent amount of points. He had a two-goal game. I believe the flame, the flames game. He didn't have any points, the oils game, but yeah, we're playing a lot better. I still think we need goaltending, even though Vanacek has come back and has had some, some good games. I still think we need a veteran goaltender, but yeah, I, yeah, I got egg on my face, I guess. The, uh, the flyers have won two straight games for the first time since January 29th and February 1st. That is so sad that winning two straight is something that hasn't happened in over a month. They beat Chicago and Vegas, and Vegas is a good team. Carter Hart, Carter Hart put up 47 saves against uh the against Vegas. Rasmus Ristolainen and locking it down. Did you did you listen to what I uh sent you? Yes. About the whole like analytic th- analytics thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that goes to say something. So it's this reporter who does a Flyers daily podcast. And he was saying that at the Flyers now have a five person analytical branch, I guess would be the best way to put it in their front office. And so he was saying how, like, if the, if that they always go through the analytical department before they decide to make a signing or a trade or whatever. And so he was saying if they didn't think they get a lot more data and analytics and everything than uh, we do from the outside off the internet or whatever. So they are getting a lot more data than we are. So they see a lot more. And if they didn't think that it would be a good signing, they would not tell them to sign it. I don't think they would look at them and be like, yeah, we invested a ton of money into that analytical department, but let's just totally ignore them and do yeah, what we want anyway. Nah. So I think like just going off of my point what, that I said last week with Rasmus Ristolainen cannot be that terrible of a player that they didn't want to sign him to a six by six deal. If uh, like, I, I just think that goes to prove my point a little bit more. And the fact that they have that many people in the analytical department and they would just totally ignore him. Yeah. And he also did mention, he's like, he was on a 5.5 mil deal. So he's obviously going to get a raise. And he's like, so getting a six by six deal would probably be one of the better bets that they could get. 
like like I said, from the from the consumer eyes of ours, we don't see what everyone else sees because what they see because they get a lot more data. We just see how many goals he produces, his plus minus, his assists. And offensively, he is nowhere near an analytical darling. I think he may have 30 points this season at most. Maybe. I thought it was closer no, to 20. 30 is actually way too high. Yeah. He might have 20, 20 points this season. 20 at most. He has 13. Yeah. So, I mean, offensively, the, he's nowhere near what, uh, what you'd want to see. But that's not the style of game he plays. So that's why it just totally, it didn't bother me. But it looks like the, uh, the everything kind of stayed the same in standings, except uh, Washington did, Washington stepped it up a bit and Columbus dropped a bit. Yeah. Columbus hasn't really done anything, but we're kind of in that like, in that area, uh, February was like a lot of iffy because that was where the Olympic break was supposed to be. So we're probably going to see a, be seeing a lot more consistency in games. And we're going to start to see a lot more trades start to form because – Oh, yeah, because that's coming up. Coming up. The, that is in a week, I think. Mm-hmm. So – but, yeah, that's – Really, like you said, it's pretty sad that we're happy about a two-win streak, but yeah, I, I honestly want to see them like obviously not tank because tanking doesn't really help anyone, but try to give themselves a little bit better odds at getting a better lottery pick. Because right now they are one, two, three, four, five, sixth in the draft, and they can drop to eighth because they changed the lottery rules. Uh, but yeah, that's really all that's going on there. Did you want to go over to the MLB and talk about the new CBA? Yeah. Baseball finally reached an agreement and we're having baseball, which I'm excited about because maybe there's actually to happen, but yeah, there's actually some, uh, some positive that might come out of there. So, uh, I have the CBA right here. Uh, well, not like the CBA, but they're, they basically describe it a little bit. It says opening day will be April 14th. uh, And they announced that the first four series were removed from the schedule, but they are going to reschedule them and they will be still having a full 162 game schedule. Uh, So the, the four series that got postponed or that got removed are going to be added on later in the season uh the makeup games can will be rescheduled as like later dates or as nine inning double headers uh the new five-year cba is expected to include include increased minimum salaries a new pre-arbitration bonus pool to reward the top young players in the game a raising competitive balance tax thresholds the introduction of a universal designated hitter, the widest ranging draft lottery in pro sports, a system to prevent alleged service time manipulation, limits on the number of times a player can be optioned in a season, and a 12-team postseason. 
there will also be an be the evaluation of an international draft. So this isn't finalized yet as both sides still have to agree, but uh, they are, they have essentially down what they want to get done. It just has to be ratified. So I want to talk about a couple big points here. First off, uh, I think the one bigger thing is the universal designated hitter. I think that's huge because that yeah, changes the game significantly. That's been teased for a long, long time. And now that they're actually getting it done, I, I would love to see the Phillies be able to just have a designated hitter because the NL keeps on getting hosed with, uh, with having no designated hitter. And I think the Phillies wow. have enough power that being able to have a designated hitter would help. Um, yeah, somebody like Reese Hoskins. Exactly. Reese Hoskins would be perfect to have at a designated hitter spot because they're like Alec Bohm, the third baseman. He is a huge, huge man, and he should be at first base, not third. But since they had Reese Hoskins at first, they Alec Bohm had nowhere else to go. So, I mean, being able to switch that up, that would be huge. And that would give the team a little bit more flexibility. Uh, so I think Reese Hoskins would probably be the best player to have at a designated hitter spot. And then you can move Alec Bohm over to first, which I think would be really beneficial for the team. Uh, obviously, Bryce Harper would not go in there because he's got he's a good arm. He's better defensively. He's getting better defensively, yeah. yeah. Um, it, like, I'm happy that baseball is back, but it's brought me back to the reality that the Nationals, they aren't a good team and will not be a good team. So, I mean, I'm glad it's back and the tickets are going to be really cheap and it's always fun to go see games. We're probably going to try and see a few. But, yeah, we're going to suck. Um, <laughs> since Zimmerman isn't going to be – he's retired. He's not going to DH. Josh Bell isn't bad at first, and we've – played him in the outfield sometimes so we may plug him in but it just seems like we're gonna be playing most of our triple a team and Juan Soto and Josh Bell so it's not gonna be a great year for us the there's also something else that could shake it up is a bright I want to say his name is Bryson Stott he's one of the uh one of the Phillies top prospects yeah Bryson Stott he's he thinks that he can play in the MLB this season and which if he can, and he can play well at shortstop, that could be huge because the Phillies have been struggling at shortstop really since uh, Rollins left. Yeah. Since Rollins retired. Well left. Yeah. Because I, he didn't retire from the Phillies immediately. So yeah, he's the Phillies second ranked prospect. So yeah, I, I'd like to see him maybe make a, a fight for a spot on the in the show uh and then i need to go back to where where to go i lost it uh going back to the cba i think another big point here that we could talk about is a 12 team postseason what what's your take on a 12 team postseason um I'm trying to see like a possible layout. I would think that it'd probably be be like the first or like the NFL's 
Uh, yeah, I some some articles. So it looks like the first two teams in each league are going to get a first round bye, and the other eight um, best of three. Which I think, honestly, I don't like best of threes in series because that's like obviously it's a little bit better than uh it's a little bit better than the just like one one on one but at the same time it's like if you go down 1-0 in the series you have one loss left and that's just so much for at least for sports where a series is there a lot like the uh like the NHL and the MLB like a 1-0 a 1-0 deficit is huge and that just kind of takes away at your team in my opinion so i i don't like uh i don't like layouts of 3 for series but would you prefer it like a one game series or five i i'd say Okay, baseball, since it's baseball and they fit 162 games in about six months, I'd say they could do five, but I I prefer one. Yeah, I think a one, I think a one game, a one game, one and done is so much better. And I think it would put a lot more stakes into those. um, Exactly. Playoffs games can try and condense a little bit. I'm not saying take away seven game series of like the World Series or anything. Oh, yeah, I think the World Series should still be seven games. But early on, I think it'd be like because the one game, um, wild card games, they're really good. The one the Nats had against the Brewers, if you, um, when we won ultimately won a World Series, um, that was a very good game and you felt you felt the stakes because you knew it was one game. So I think exactly. I think I, I would prefer like, to see more of those. The same thing with uh, the NFL. Like the super, the playoffs are one game, and those playoff games are that's. Look at the divisional round in the NFL this past season. That was probably the best weekend of football in definitely in recent memory, possibly in M- NFL history. Like it's there's just so much at stake when it's a single game, especially with uh, so many players involved, like pitching or so many factors involved, like pitching. Because and there's possibilities of greater upsets. Yeah, you have – because in football, when you have a quarterback, odds of your quarterback being money is pretty good. In baseball, you have – you can have one bad game from a pitcher, and it's it's all over. I mean, you could say that for the NFL, but the odds of a pitcher having a bad game as opposed to a professional quarterback having a bad game I think are higher for a pitcher to have a bad game. Just because it's like, there's just more, there's more to it, you know, like the way a batter stands, the way a batter swings, who they have put in the box, the lineups, there's just so many more factors to a one game, one and done in the MLB than there is in the NFL. So I think a one game for that first round would be better than a three game series. And one thing that's going to be interesting is that free agency is going to kick back up soon so we're, we're going to see a lot of players signed in a relatively short period of time and i've heard rumors like freddie freeman it seems like he's not going to go back to the to the brave so we may see some moves like that and i don't think either of our teams are going to make any 
massive signings, but we can make a few small ones here and there. Yeah, the uh, the couple big players like Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, five top names right there. So I yeah, it's gonna it get feels like forever ago since players like Corey Seager signed with did he sign with Texas? Yeah, he signed uh, with Texas, I think. I thought he signed with the Mariners. Yeah. I want to say he signed with the Mariners. I know, I know two big free agents signed with Texas. Uh, Corey Seager. He, yeah, he did sign with the Rangers. You're right. I don't know why he. Yeah. I thought he signed with. The I thought somebody. I thought somebody did sign with the Mariners. Yeah, I'll. Um, Robbie Ray. I know he went. Did Did he go to the? He went there. I know Marcus Semyon went to Texas. Uh, Javier Baez, Tigers, Max Scherzer. I guess it was Robbie Ray I was thinking of. Because yeah, he was up for the uh, – he just won the AL Cy Young. Mm-hmm. And then that's – Oh, yeah, you guys signed Corey Knebel. Knebel? Yeah, pitcher. But yeah, we haven't even gotten to the big names yet. Mm-mm. A lot of players left. Yeah, and I think – and then an international draft. Wait, what, what would that – like, I'm kind of confused. What would that bring, like, different than the draft right now? Um. Well, do you – like, when Shohei Otani joined the league or when Hideki Matsui joined the league a while ago, it was more of just like another free agents, like free agency where a bunch of teams just talk them and try to draw them an international draft. It would basically, instead of teams trying to lure those players, it would give worse teams a better opportunity to get them. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I think that could be interesting then. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. They still have to ratify it though, so we will see what happens there. But uh, that's that's about it for me. So I got. All right. So with that, we are going to end it there. You guys can follow us at BL in the DC on Instagram. You where you can DM us questions, comments. You can follow us on. You can email us questions and comments at BL in the DC at gmail.com. And. You can uh, rate us on Apple and Spotify. And with that, we're going to end it there. So we will see you guys next week. See you later.